why not take a break, pause the game you're playing, and instead listen to some Nintendvania. Welcome to the show, a fortnightly Nintendo gaming podcast. I'm your host, Josh, or JT if you like, and it's Pokemon Mania this episode. Gen 9 has finally arrived. We've got Pokemon Scarlet and Violet on the Switch. Completely open world and seemingly completely broken too. We're going to profile this new entry of the Pokemon world on the Switch. We've got Nintendo Switch Sports. Remember that game about seven months ago that came out? Well, we're going to uh, do a little uh, profile of the update that's coming. We, we are finally getting some golf. We're going to get some more Mario Kart 8 Deluxe uh, bonus content. We've got Wave 3 of the Booster Course Pass coming now. And we're going to look over some of the tracks. Because I think, uh, honestly, there might be some of my favorite uh, tracks coming to this one. And finally, in Weird Nintendo, uh, someone has got some wood. Uh, well, they found the wood used as part of the Mother 3 logo. So we're going to dive into that little facet of Nintendo history. And to help me navigate through this episode, I have a very special guest joining me. This person is a video game industry analyst, collector, and co-host of the Nintendo Fuse podcast and Premium Playcast. They're also a founding member of Premium Edition Games. Please help me in welcoming Barry Carenza. How you going, Barry? Hey, thanks so much for having me, Josh. It is my absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on to the show. Um, Absolutely. So you do a few different things there. Um, the co-hosting, so you're a fellow podcaster as well on uh, Nintendo Fuse and the Premium Playcast. Tell me a bit about that. What's that like to sort of uh, be part of? Uh, well, I got into it a decade ago with Nintendo Fuse. I was able to uh, join the team there doing like reviews and uh, media events. And I was able to join the podcast. Uh, first, first, I was just like a call in, but they, they decided to pull me in and give me a trial run and no, they haven't kicked me out in a decade, so I guess I'm doing something. Right. <laughs> but uh, those, that's always interesting because when you when you do a show for that long, you see it iterate. Um, you know, go from just audio only to you know with with actual people able to call in live, which was always weird because when you we, we did we recorded live, um, but we you know you never knew what someone's gonna say when they just randomly call the show. Uh, so it was like always like, wait, wait, please don't say anything inappropriate uh, to finally doing it on camera live. And we used to do it like once a month and then we used to win once a week and bi week and every week. And like we've changed it up. And right now we're on a biweekly schedule every other Monday. Uh, so the next episode is actually going to be our last for 2022. It's our Game of Year Awards, which is on uh, December 5th, I believe. Uh, that's one of my favorite shows just because you get to look back and, and see how the year goes. And then I'm also with Premium Playcast. <clears throat> that is uh, a show that it started out more like a book club for video games where we would play a game every single week. Uh, and it was a weekly show. And as Premium Edition uh, picked up, it became a bi-weekly show to a once a month show to once every other month sometimes, <laughs> depending on when we could record. Uh, and we we made it more of a, a premium edition insiders. But we're we're trying to get back to that book club route. Our last episode we just had, which came out last last week, this week, as the time of recording, where we actually reviewed two games. We talked about two games. So um, it's really interesting because they're two very different shows, and and I love them both. Uh, and I love the dynamics and being with different people and talking with different people. Uh, and that's, that's why I love podcasting, just getting to talk to different people and hang out. hundred percent. That's why uh, I'm into it as well and, and really enjoying it. That's, um, 
that that's good. I understand they're making it fortnightly. Um, that's that's worked pretty well for me. Um, uh, weekly, you know, there's other. I've, I've got a show with uh, Drew from the House of Mara as well every month, and so um, I've got other commitments in 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 life. Uh, you know, you've got to try and make it work, and you could be uh, uh, considered, you know, to be too ambitious sometimes doing all these shows. So uh, it's always good to find that middle ground and what works for you. So. Um, that's awesome. I've listened to a couple of episodes of your Nintendo Fuse, so um, that's a really good show. It's very similar to mine, so um, uh, yeah, so enjoyed that. And uh, yeah, your show next episode about the uh, some awards are going to go out. That's a great idea, and so uh, that's something I thought to do for my next one as well. So um, it's yeah, we've, good to we've done it for. I think I think we've done it for at least a decade. I think yep. the first show I actually appeared on was a Game of the Year awards. Um, but what's interesting is you have those years where Nintendo just knocks it out of the park and it's really contested. And then you have years like 2016, which is my favorite game of the year awards, just because nothing came out. Like it was a terrible year for the Wii U and, and the, the 3DS like barely carried it, like limped over the finish yeah. line. So we were scrambling for things to nominate. And it was <laughs> it was just hilarious trying desperately to come up with things because it was just a bad year. Yeah. Um, it, but yeah, every year is different. It's, it's fun like that. Nice. We were 2016. There was it Sun and Moon. I'm just trying to think of what was the... The game think, of the year you gave. I think I don't remember what the game of the year we gave was, but it, it was bad. Uh, there was like nothing to nominate, especially on the Wii U side, because it was a like year before. Um, and like I think that was Star Fox Zero's year. Yeah, it was. Like, it was. It was just a bad year. It was like a lot of disappointments. <laughs> yeah, and Nintendo would uh, put the uh, the um, shoe on the rack at that stage, and they and it was all, all about the Switch at that all stage. About the and, uh, they were ready. Well, that they discontinued the Wii U in 2016, you know, four months out before the Switch came out. So, you know, it's a, <laughs> never, never a good sign. Um, no, thankfully, times not. have changed and they're doing a lot, lot better now. Oh, God, um, yeah. uh, so you're an industry analyst as well. Um, I come from a banking background and have analyst sort of skill set as well. So I, I sort of, whenever Nintendo released their numbers quarterly, I'm, I'm all over it. I, I really enjoy looking at that side. Is that something you enjoy as well? And you sort of get outputs? Um, and insights from that. Yeah, I, lo- I love looking at the MPD numbers. I love looking mm. at sales numbers for all the systems. It's not just Nintendo. Uh, you know, I've been studying the ups and downs of the industry, and it's not just even the current history. It's it's a retro as well, looking at retro prices, looking at what's hot, looking at current trends. Um, and as part of being a collector, you kind of have to. But I love seeing how certain companies act and predicting you know how they're going to act and nintendo is the hardest to predict right what seems logical nintendo is going to be like no (laughs) we're going to do our own thing but just seeing you know certain patterns like sony's arrogance come back it's it's really interesting to see that i mean you you have Mm. you know microsoft desperately trying to do these now they're complimenting nintendo and stuff like like it's like what do you do what is this have a game plan uh it's really (laughs) interesting right now um but but i do love the entire gaming industry um not not all the culture i'm not a big fan of like fanboyism or or uh the attacks people you know my system's better than yours like mm. that brings me back to like marketing for like an elementary school uh just play what you like enjoy what you like and you know just have fun games are supposed to be fun <laughs> yeah i um yeah the console wars seem to have been dead for a while now but they do you do see a little uh resurgence of people uh, getting a bit territorial over their consoles but um <laughs> I, I speaking on um microsoft I, I take it you would have read their um 
uh, I don't know what you would call them, the strategy notes or a shareholder presentation the other day, how they're talking about um, how they're compared to Nintendo and, and they see them more as a direct competitor and uh, they're calling Call of Duty not that important because they're going to lose them and uh, they're talking about, you know, how the games aren't ranked well and don't sell as much as other games. Um, did you read that uh, that information? I, what was your I take on it? I read part of it. Um, yeah. it. It's PR talk, right? Yeah. It's PR talk. The whole reason they're downplaying Call of Duty, and I'm not a Call of Duty fan, um, but you can't deny sales. I'm not saying the game is great, but it's selling well. Um, mm. The whole reason they're doing that is now the buying, you know, the buyout with Activision Blizzard is possibly not happening because Sony is challenging it because Sony is now scared. Uh, it's I feel like it's just like two children you know, pulling on either side of this doll and like one of one arm is going to rip off, but <laughs> it it's all like, Oh yeah, we wanted this. We were going to pay billions of dollars for it, but it's not that big of a deal. It's not That's that right. big of a deal. We're going to cover our butt. And, and, you know, they've had a good buddy buddy relationship with Nintendo. And I still think they do. I think if they're calling Nintendo a competitor, I think they're just trying to first off they have to acknowledge the switch's success right i mean if, mm. you, if you say the switch hasn't been successful you're living under a rock and just in flat out denial um whether you like the system or not so i think now maybe they're starting to look at it and say wow you know what the, the little engine that could um is a competitor it is taking sales away from the series x and the series s uh what i would hope Microsoft does because it seems Microsoft's been leaning in a uh, almost like a games category versus a system, like more more about the software yeah. than the hardware, like marketing Game Pass, marketing all these buying all these studios. Um, I almost feel like the Xbox might go away, and they'll just put stuff on other platforms and just be like this large third party. And I only say that because I don't know how much money they're making on the Xbox line of platforms. I don't. Um, I, they might be making a little bit, but I guarantee you if they took their properties and they put it on PlayStation and they put it on Nintendo as well, uh, they would make more. And I know people have been saying that, no, put Mario on PlayStation. Think about how much extra money you have. The difference is, is Nintendo is successful and they're, mm. they're also a stubborn Japanese company. Microsoft is anything but. They're, they're not only are they American, but they're, they're flaunty American. They're look at what we could buy. Um, and and, and Nintendo, oh, Nintendo is slowly doing it, but Microsoft has been very good about using properties on other systems. Minecraft is still on all systems, mm -hmm. uh, even though they bought it. You know, uh, Cuphead came to all, all systems. Uh, Ori came to the Switch. They've, they've been good about it. If they really embraced it, like if they just went ham and said, here's Game Pass on Switch and on, on PlayStation... Uh, I don't know how, I mean, Nintendo would probably be like, cool. Uh, Sony might be a little weird about it, but, uh, I think, I think they'll make a lot of money. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And I think, um, I, I think they, they're trying to appease every, everyone at the same time. And I don't know if, um, if that's working at all, that strategy, cause I see Nintendo in one corner, Sony at the other end. And I think Microsoft's trying to do everything at once. And so, <laughs> um, yeah, I agree with the hardware sort of line. Like you don't like even now, like, uh. You don't really, you don't really need to name the console you're playing Xbox games on, really, because you can play it on all sorts of devices. And so, yeah, you're right. The sort of console recognition isn't there. And so, um, they just need to release some more first-party uh, games at this stage. They've uh, they've done nothing really. They of, need first-party games outside of their their trilogy or their trifecta. Halo, yeah. Forza, and Gears have been carrying Microsoft for so long, long 
Let yeah. them rest and let other IPs come back, especially because Microsoft has been buying everybody because like, oh, we don't have exclusives, but we'll show you. We'll buy everybody. And now we have all the exclusives like no, like generate brand new IPs. You, you're sitting on rare, right? You've killed rare at this point. Use those IPs mm. or sell them. Because you have so many classic rare IPs you're doing nothing with. Yeah, you brought Killer Instinct back. That was great, but it was a small, you know, pebble. Battletoads? Mm. I don't think anyone even remembers that thing. It came and went. Uh, like, do it properly. Uh, and instead, they're not. They're butchering Halo. Forza is the only one really going on. And, and Gears mm. has a mobile game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's like... I don't know what they're doing over there with their IPs. They've got, like, if you look at the original Xbox, when that came out, Microsoft came out swinging, swinging for the fences. Mm. Brand new IPs, a bunch of them. And they also bought the rights, or at least the exclusive rights to other bigger IPs. They worked with Sega. You know, you had Panzer Dragoon and Jet Set Radio. You had Oddworld. Munch's Odyssey was a launch system or a launch, launch game. Now, you know, you look at all those IPs they put out there. And where are they? Where are they? Why don't they come back? Try them again. Look at 360. Mm. People said, oh, the original Xbox doesn't have JRPGs. That was the biggest weakness for the original Xbox. The 360 came out swinging. You got Lost Odyssey and you had Blue Dragon and you had Eternal Sonata and you had Enchanted Arms and you had Tales of Vesperia that, you know, made them exclusive. They came out swinging. They were trying. They were like, hey, we're doing some really cool stuff. Mm. On top of like Rare putting out titles with Cameo and Perfect Dark Zero and, you know, Microsoft just doing more with the IPs. And what happened? After that, they were in first place until the Wii came out. They realized they couldn't catch the Wii, but they were blowing the PS3 away. And they were just like, we're done caring. We're in, for, we're in second place and we're going to yeah. stay that way. And then they wound up losing the generation because Sony started out arrogant and abysmal with the PS3. And they started to get their act together. They started to clean up. They started to bring out IPs like Uncharted and, you know, Last of Us and in uh, Infamous and kept mm. Ratchet and Clank going. And they, they, they brought it back and they just they came back hard. And all those exclusive stuff, Tales of Vesperia went to PlayStation, Enchanted Arms went to PlayStation, Eternal Sonata, Star Ocean went to PlayStation, all, all PS3 or 360 exclusives. And Mistwalker, what did Mistwalker do next? Oh, they did uh, The Last Story, which went to Nintendo. So <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I that, that 360 era, that was probably one of my favorite for the Xbox because we... Oh, yeah. Because um, my family was always... Xbox. My dad bought us one. It was cheaper than PS2, and so we sort of went through that. You know, loving the OG Xbox, and then the 360, and then since since the one onwards, it just hasn't quite felt right. And uh, you know, no. they're trying to work out what they're trying to be. So, um, yeah, and that's, that's when I jumped to, to the PS3, and uh, have stuck with them since. So, <laughs> yeah. I hear you. No, I'm the same way. You know, the original Xbox was a fun system, and the 360 was my preferred. I played all my multi-platform there versus PS3. I didn't even get a P. I got a 360 at launch, and I didn't get a PS3 until tw- 2009. Um, yep. And like, I finally got it, and then I was playing catch up with all the great exclusives mm. I had been missing. But when the Xbox One and the Series X came out, I got both those systems at launch, okay. and yeah. both of those systems. I can probably tell you I've spent maybe maybe a total of ten hours combined on both those systems. 
Okay. Yep. And so it's like, yeah. it, and I have great games for them, but it's like I'd rather play them on PlayStation or Nintendo. And the exclusives, they're like, oh, I, I really like Ori. I haven't played yet. I want to play Ori. But there's so many other exclusives and other games I want to play that it just kind of like it falls down the the backlog ladder of importance. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just what they've created, isn't it? And, you know, you can only buy so much to turn it yeah. around. They've really got to you know, do something internally to, to really change it. So um, an interesting Maybe time for fable. them. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe the new fable will do well. I'm hoping. I'm hoping, yeah, because I love I love playing that back in the day. That was um, yeah, those first two were great, and then it obviously died off. I like the third one too. You like the it third one? Yeah, I mean, it's got its yeah, it's got its perks and all that. But um, sorry. journeys or whatever that that was bad. Yes, was yeah, one. yeah, that wasn't. <laughs> no, nothing good about that one. Um, and so, uh, so obviously, industry analysts, I can tell from your background there. Um. Tell me a bit about uh, Premium Edition Games, though, because this is something you've founded um, and is about... I'll let you explain it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm one of the founding members of Premium Edition Games. And what we do is we take digital-only titles and we release them physically because we're, mm. we're all physical collectors. We all know the writing's on the wall for digital in the long term. It's, it's hot now. It's great now. But we've seen Sony. We've seen Nintendo both take off e-shops or the marketplace on systems kill systems and we've seen games lost games that were exclusive to those systems digital only gone so we don't want to see that happen we we want to do our part to preserve some of these games because there's a lot of great games out there so we've released 10 10 releases previously uh on the switch and we have four up right now uh that are part of our fifth series that are part of pre-order We've got a partnership with ScreenWave and RetroWare, uh, where we've got Ego Island Twist and Love 3 up for pre-order. And then we've got, uh, from Spooky Squid Games, we've got They Bleed Pixels. And from Nodding Heads Games, we've got Raji and Ancient Epic, the Enhanced Edition. All those are up for pre-order at premiumeditiongames.com. Uh, one thing we like to do, because we're collectors, is we... we add stuff we don't want bare bones releases all of our releases have two-sided uh, inlays so it's not just that white when you open up a switch case which is always ugly um, yeah. we've got full color manuals so all oh, of wow. our games have full color 20 to 40 page manuals that you can read uh, we have challenge cards inside which on one side with beautiful art on the other side we ask the developers to uh, give us a challenge or give the, the gamers a challenge. And should you accomplish the challenge and you share it on social media and you email us, we'll mail you a physical patch in the mail or physical, con you know, achievement, so to speak. Mm. Uh, each game gets their own patch. Each game has their own challenge. And then in addition, we also have slipcases, high quality slipcases. And that's just in our standard releases. Uh, we do retro editions as well, which are a little more. They come in a Super Nintendo or N64 size box. It's a beautiful art we do there uh, as well as bonus goodies you know, sometimes a soundtrack a keychain art book whatever comic book we've done a bunch of different things depending on the game and depending on what the developer wants uh, we try our very best never to reuse art also all the art you see is sometimes commissioned just for the physical product and we do our very best and so far knock on wood we've succeeded in doing this is all of our games are complete on cart we make sure that all DLC is done. Like the, there's no more new updates. Yeah. All DLC is included in, on the cart. So there's no downloads, the latest bug patches. 
Um, so when you pop in any one of our releases, you're getting the entire game. And that includes both free DLC like Wonderling DX and Robot Name Fight had free updates with content. Those are all on the cart, as well as paid DLC like Mighty Fight Federation and Rain in Your Parade had pay fe- paid DLC. Um, that's all included on the cart as well. So you're getting the complete game. Uh, that way it's all preserved. And, and we, we strive for that. We, we want to make our game stand out. And uh, I say my our, our releases, I should say. Uh, the developers are the real stars, and we're we're honored to uh, be partnering with them. But you can see all our releases at premiumeditiongames.com. We do have some of our past titles in stock and in hand that you could pick up. Uh, we do conventions all the time as well, so we're selling there. And while we're small, we're still a small company. We've been doing this for two and a half years. Like I said, we've... we've we have shipped seven games. We're about to ship games eight and nine. Number 10 is in production. We have four more up on the site right now for pre-order. We just released a Nintendo game, or Body Binder's Tale. We released it physically for the Nintendo, um, and that's shipped already. So, you know, we're, we're still getting noticed, but uh, it's great because we're doing what we love, and we're helping mm-hmm. these developers, you know, get their dream, their, their game getting a physical release and uh, getting to own it and hold it and... Uh, it's been a wonder to partner with so many great uh, developers and publishers to do these. That is awesome. That's um, that's so, so great to hear because it yeah, like like you said, it is a um, a world of more and more digital, and you know these sort of things are going to be harder to find. And so you offering this service, but also in a unique way, it's not just yeah, slapping on the same logo. You're making it a really sort of like even if someone owns the game digitally, they probably want to might want this physical sort of representation of the game if not to play again but to at least display and to show off and so that's a really special thing and so um you sort of uh, you know in this cost-cutting profit maximizing world you sort of listed a few things that you know we probably miss as gamers back in the day getting the manual um oh, yeah. you know when some you know games had the yeah the, the double-sided inlays um and yeah i do i do miss not having i i miss having everything on the one cartridge or disc that that yeah these days with patches and dlc um you are right. Uh, you can't really buy a complete game physically anymore. It just doesn't yeah. exist. And so that's a really cool sort of thing you offer there. And and yeah, I, I imagine some of these developers they probably don't have the resources to do this. And so you're offering you're helping them out. So you probably get a few developers approaching you now. Is that what you're finding? Yeah, yeah. We we yeah. definitely have publishers and developers approaching us, and we approach others. Um, but because we go slowly, we're we're a small company. We curate the games. We we all play the games. We you know, we have to really stand behind it because, you know, we, we put up the money and game game physical publishing is uh, not cheap. But mm. we stand behind all of our releases. We think they're all phenomenal titles. And uh, we the best part about doing this is we've had people like mail us, email us like, so, so I did the challenge patch. And I'll be honest with you, I picked up your game just as a collector's item. I wasn't going to do it. I decided to try it and I can't put the game down. And thank you for introducing me to one of my new favorite games. And like to me, that is awesome because each of these titles, they're smaller teams, they're passion projects, and they they deserve that extra notice. I mean, sometimes if you if you go every week on like Nintendo's eShop, there's like 15 games or something that come out like every week. Mm. And it's really hard to get noticed. And if you don't make that splash, you just sink. And then you, your sales are terrible and no one knows about your game. And uh, we'd like to at least give everybody a new outlet, a new chance to be seen, a second life, so to speak. And uh, it, it's worked. 
you know, we've we've really had success with each title. Uh, we we don't we're not a limited company, so if there's a demand, we will print more copies. Uh, so right now we're doing like first prints, uh, so that we can make sure if you really want it, you want the the first print slip cover, you're gonna get it, and mm. you know afterwards we'll do second prints and third prints and whatever, and we'll we'll do little differences to those so that the the collector, so to speak, you know the someone who wants that first, will can have it, and those that just want the game, they can pick it up when they pick it up. But uh, it's been really a joy meeting these developers and working with them and then seeing the fans, you know, go go for the patch hunting because it's, you know, it's like when the games come out, it's like, ooh, a new, new series came out. I just got my shipment in. The people, the first thing they do is they pop them in and they, they go for those patches. That's awesome. And, uh, it's awesome. It's like a new culture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Has anyone got like the denim jacket with the patches on, sewn on? Yeah, yep, we, yep. we, I have I have a vest. Uh, so does our, our CEO has a vest as well, where we have all the patches and we wear them to conventions. Mm. Uh, but we've had people show up at conventions wearing a patch or two. Uh, we ha- we do have some that shared their own vest and their own jacket that they put the mm. patches on, you know, with with other patches. But it's like, this is awesome. You know, our patches are there with like all, all these other patches. And it's great because you should wear them. You should mm. be proud. It's an achievement. You know, people go bust their ass off for platinum trophies or or uh you know the thousand gamer points or whatever and uh they're like yeah i got them all and it's great but you have nothing to show for it if sony shuts down the server microsoft shuts down the server you have nothing here you say i got something that's tangible that you own that you have proof that you did it uh and that's cool no one can take it away from you no and you sort of yeah living up to the whole physical here it is um show it off and uh Probably, you know, it's it's more sort of social connection as well that you probably help have helped create and foster community sort of to play yeah. these games. Yeah, so we I love have that. A, we have an active Discord where people share and stuff, and and we we love that. We like you said, we we are collectors, so we figured let's make releases we would want on our shelves that we would want to purchase ourselves if we didn't put it out there. Hmm. So we want to keep it alive. Yeah, I love that. That's so good. Um, speaking of nintendo uh obviously this is the podcast um i i'm looking at your visual right now i can see a virtual boy in the background there um loving that um you got a xenoblade uh, chronicles 2 t-shirt on right now um what's your background with nintendo and and your and what was your first love of, of any sort of game that got you well, into it i i mean i grew up in a household with the atari 8-bit computers and the commodore 128 so <clears throat> I grew up literally from birth playing video games. <clears throat> and it was before before Nintendo hit the scenes here in, in the States. And uh, I loved it. I loved video games. I was captivated as a young kid, just, just taken to it. And I didn't have a Nintendo right away. It took me a long time. I didn't get an actual original Nintendo until 1994. Uh which which is like nine years after it came yeah. out here. Yeah. But uh, that didn't mean I didn't grow up with it because I played it at all my friends' houses. And I, the first time I went to a friend's house who had one, I was playing Mario 1 and uh, I was blown away. Like it, it mm. made the Atari and the Commodore feel like the meme, you know, like, oh, well, we have this at home, this at home. 
um, it, it felt like that. It felt like the Wish version almost of Atari. <laughs> and even though like playing Donkey Kong, you know, I was in the original Mario Brothers, they were I played those. I knew Mario from those games, mm. but the Super Mario just blew me away. And and just every every house I went to, because it was way before the internet, you know, whenever visiting a friend's house, they always had Nintendos because I I didn't, but. It was great because they always had different cartridges. Like I saw the same familiar few, but it was like, ooh, you have this game. I've never played this game before. And I would just pop it in. And like some sometimes my friends would be like, all you want to do is sit here and play Nintendo. Let's play, you know, let's go outside <laughs> and do stuff. I'm like, no, but I don't have this at home. You have to understand. Yeah, to me, this. This, this is a, this is it. Like this is my chance. I need to do this. Um, so I always fell in love with it. Zelda and Mario definitely captivated me. Uh for that and i did get a game boy before i had a nintendo and of course you know mario land and and link's awakening and mm. kirby when kirby came out i had to rake leaves to convince my parents to <laughs> to buy me kirby's dreamland and i was like yes i got to have it uh so you know from birth i've been gaming and i've been with nintendo uh, since the beginning even if i didn't own it i was still you know playing in in 1985 because i live you know one of the, the test market was uh, new york city and i live you know, outside of New York City. So we had kids that would have it in the neighborhood. So I was able to play it. And, uh, you know, 86, 87, like all those just surrounded my childhood with the, between the Nintendo and then, of course, the Game Boy came out. And, and that was amazing. And, and I even had a little bit of a rebellious phase where I was like, well, oh, I'm going to get a Game Gear. You know, I'm going to show those kids <laughs> at school. Uh, but, but it never, and I mean, I eventually did, but I got the Game Boy. But I, would, I, would, I had to be smart because as a kid without these systems, how do I play these systems? Like I would go to my friend's houses, but my mm. mother was like, no, you still have the Atari. You don't need anything else. <laughs> she didn't understand. So I, I decided, she, she's like, here's what I'll get you. You remember the Tiger LCD handhelds, those little, the, the crappy one mm. game LCD handhelds? She got me a couple of those and go, here, this will tie yeah. you over. Like no yeah. idea what she's buying me. Mm. So I'm like, well, how do I play Game Boy? Like in, in Game Boy, like, how do I play these other systems? So in elementary school, I decided to create a handheld gaming club. Um, and the idea mm -hmm. was everybody bring in your handheld games and at recess, we all trade. You know, nice. we all just trade to play during recess. And I brought those crappy handhelds and I here, play them by all means. But I got people's Game Boys and Game Gears. Some kid had a Turbo Express. Uh, so yeah. was like I got to see the Turbo Express back in elementary school and play it. And uh, it was great. It was like, hey, this is this is the way to do it. At least I guess to experience like these a, games, yeah, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I've, I've always loved gaming. You know, I play on all platforms, but Nintendo will always have that special spot in my heart because they really captured my like they they enhanced my love that already existed from atari and commodore and uh just allowed it to bloom and uh i've been with nintendo ever since i love it um i, I ask this question to every guest i have on and um i, I love it because every time it just evokes a childhood memory and they're just talking about it and it, it means so much to people and then obviously if they're on the show talking to me today it sort of stayed with them over time and so <laughs> um I, I i don't i don't know if i could would see as much of that with other sort of Microsoft and Sony things. I just think it's something special about Nintendo and, and what they provide. So absolutely. Um, yeah. Always my favorite question every episode when I ask it. Um, well, I hope I didn't disappoint. <laughs> no, no, it was very good. Very good. Um, before we get into what we've been playing lately, um, just a shout out to everyone who supports us on the Patreon. Um, I've got di different tiers, varying perks. Um, 
first one if you want to join our uh, NSO expansion pack family still got spots for that have a look at that um, at the basic tier uh, Drew and I uh, so Drew from the house of Mario and I we record a monthly show that's on for that um, talking about other things outside of uh, gaming it can be gaming sometimes it's just uh, the other things going on in our lives so um, available at a bottom tier so anyone that and above gets access to that um, uh, have a free discord so anyone wanting to join the server please feel free to everything will be in the show notes um, and any five star ratings greatly greatly appreciated but um barry what you've been playing lately has uh has it been pokemon and just pokemon <laughs> uh well i mean it depends on how far you go back i've been I, this this whole holiday season has been non-stop for me it's just non-stop banger after banger of games that i want to play uh you know and it, it really started with um trails from zero that i just did legend of heroes trails from zero a phenomenal rpg series one of my favorite uh, absolutely highly recommend uh and that led into mario and rabbit sparks of hope mm. so played through that uh way better than the first game absolutely uh, if even if you're not a fan of strategy rpgs i recommend it Okay. Uh, from there, I went to the new Star Ocean, the Divine Force. Uh, that, okay. again, blew me away. Was not expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. Uh, absolutely. It's a really cool story. Way better than the last Star Ocean. Uh, wish it was on Switch. Uh, that would be cool. Uh, but that came out the day before Bayonetta 3. So after that, I had to play Bayonetta 3, <laughs> which I know there's a lot of hate. I didn't see the hate. I enjoyed the open worlds. I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the ending. I, you know, I mm. just... I had fun with it. I thought the combat was great. Uh, so um, I, I did enjoy it. Was it the best of them? I can't say. I'm not sure. But I had I liked the differences of controlling the kaijus and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yep. And then I, I decided to try a small game, figuring, oh, you know, I, I you know, oh, well, this one will, will tide me over maybe to God of War or Sonic, uh, which was Harvestella. And Harvestella oh, nice. is not a small game at all. Harvestella is a full-fledged JRPG, and it is amazing, and it blew me away, and I'm seeing that response from so many people that think this is just a farming RPG. No, it is a full-fledged Final Fantasy-style JRPG Mm. that just happens to have some farming elements in it. Uh, Great cast of characters, great side quests, really deep stuff dealing with loss and death and, and, uh, you know, amnesia, and it's unbelievable how they did this in a game that you would normally think would be like, oh, this is going to be like Harvest Moon. And it's not. Uh, phenomenal. It, it mm. took me way longer to complete than I thought it would, but I highly recommend it. And when I, by the time I finished it, I'm like, well, Pokemon's about to come out. So I played uh, Gunvolt Chronicles Luminous Avenger X2, which uh, I love the Gunvolt series. I'm a huge Mega Man fan. Yep. So this is the spiritual successor to Mega Man done by the team that did zero and zx so that was a quick playthrough i i recommend those games it was a lot of fun and finally pokemon came out and i've been been really heavy into pokemon i am on the very very end i've beaten beaten all the main story i've you know i'm, I'm on the final tournament or what i presume is the final tournament in the post game mm. i'm at i think 361 of 400 of my pokedex the rem- wow. most of the remaining ones are either the starters or from from violet because i'm playing scarlet yeah. and i'm waiting for my wife to catch up so that <laughs> that i could get those and trade from them so i i've just been addicted to it it's it's been really honestly it's been really great i i have i've had one crash that just ironically happened today only one crash 
Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe otherwise good. Fun. Otherwise good. I mean, yeah. obviously the technical performance needs to be improved, but it didn't hamper my fun. I just laughed at it and I was like, yeah, yeah. This, this should have been improved, but I, <laughs> I'm still enjoying it. So, so that's really the big, big thing I'm playing right now. Yeah. Nice. Um, so you, you, you played a lot of stuff there. Uh, I don't know what period of time that is, but uh, you absolutely smashed out some games. Um, uh, I was um, Bayonetta 3 as well. I'm about 10 hours in. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I, I still think I prefer 2 better so far. Um, obviously, I haven't finished 3 yet, so I need to do that. But I think something about 2 I really liked overarching. But um, I, I said this in the last episode, it feels like I'm playing... Like, like two separate games, the open world exploring, and then when you get into the actual action bit, it feels different. Um, enjoying them for two different reasons, but the, the blend seems a bit different for me. But um, no, I, I enjoy Viola playing with her character. Um, a bit of a you know adjustment, but um, I thought that was really good. Um, yeah, they're just you know they're just crazy. I just I just love when I get to do this crazy stuff. I'm like, here we go. Like this is like the real like like the collecting stuff's fine, and that's just a gameplay gameplay mechanic that you just sort of go through, but you know, when you when you're at a train trying to attack things, flying through the air, train on tracks in the air, it's just just stuff like that. It's just really fun to see. So, um, uh, he's Camille's already talking about making the fourth one. So uh, hopefully, it's done well enough to continue that. Um, I hope and so. we see the, uh, you know, uh, we get a lot of trilogies in Nintendo games. So hopefully, the uh, they can extend it and do the fourth one. Um, we'll talk into Pokemon Scarlet and Violet very soon, but um, uh. I'm interested because you said uh, Sparks of Hope is better than the first one. I've heard other aspects that people preferred the first game better. What, what exactly about um, Sparks of Hope for you is better? Uh, I like not being tied to a grid. Yeah. <clears throat> like instead of just grid movements, it's more you have an area to go on. Uh, Sparks of or the original was each of the worlds was very linear. Mm. It was bat mission to mission to mission with the occasional. Uh, a little bit of exploration in between. And if you had to read, go through a world, you actually had to run through those battlefields. Like they were part of the world map. You had to run through them. Um, in this game, instead, it's almost like picture of Mario 64 style 3D world, like a hub world. Yeah. And there's, there's five planets. Um, they're all very, very different planets. You can run around them freely. Um, enemies are around. And if you bump into those, then it, generates a battle and you don't have to run through those battles all the time so it doesn't the world isn't built around them and there's side quests there's a bunch of side quests you can do uh tons of side quests tons of hidden stuff uh to to get 100 percent, it took me a while and i enjoyed that i'll say the Mm -hmm. one thing i didn't enjoy and i understood why they did it is the first game you had weapon upgrades you could perch every every level you got to purchase new weapons they're they're actually stronger and and that was cool because you felt mm. like you were constantly upgrading in addition to leveling up, in addition to getting your skill tree. In this game, you still have the skill tree, you still level up, caps at 30. You have the sparks, which level up, and those are cool. But the weapon, the base weapon you have is it. They never get stronger. And instead you get weapon skins. So you can okay. play whatever, well, use whatever weapon you like, it's all going to be the same. And I like that aspect, but I, I liked the upgrading of the weapon. Like, ooh, a new, yeah. new world, I get to make my weapon stronger. So they cut that out. But that's a minor thing. Mm. Overall, the worlds I found more interesting. The characters I found more interesting. The rabbits I found more interesting. They were a lot of fun. 
and the more Mario characters. Uh, I wish Yoshi and Rabbit Yoshi weren't cut. To me, that was weird. Yeah, that's um, weird. They were they were already coded. Why not? Why let them there? But mm-hmm. the the sparks do add something new. You get the two actions per turn instead of you know, and and you get to choose. Do you want to use an item? Do you want to use an action? Do you want to use a one one? You got two subjects, two sparks. You could choose just to do sparks, or you can use your, your weapon. You can attack, and you can move after doing any of them until you attack. Once you attack, you're stuck, but you can still do something else. And yeah. some of the sparks are great. They're just really a lot of fun you can do. So yeah. before it was like, well, this weapon has, uh, you know, fire. And if, if I'm going against things that are stronger to fire, it's not as useful to use that character. Now you just say, oh, I need fire. You put on a fire spark and then you yep. can use the spark abilities. So it's, it's really nice. Yeah, nice. All right. So, it's, yeah, different, but mostly, yeah, it sounds like mostly um, improved upon things. And so if you like the first one, you'll like the second. I think. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, um, I haven't played either. I I really need to play the first one still. It's it, I can get it so cheap physically. So yeah, you should. When I when my backlog eventually get dies down, um, I might get around to it. Um, I um with my uh, I didn't get Pokemon on release date because I got it through Amazon. They had a really cheap price a month before release, and I just thought I'm gonna bank that twenty one dollars I've saved and get it whenever it arrives. And so. Um, I got it the Monday after, so three days. So it doesn't matter in the scheme of things. But those three days were pretty uh, tedious for me and annoying because uh, everyone else was playing this new Pokemon. And, uh, you know, um, even if it wasn't performing all too well, people were saying it was really fun. And I felt I had the uh, the FOMO running really high. And so um, I needed to play something new. And so I had previously purchased a copy of Live Alive um, that had come out. Again, that was uh, Amazon had a cheap deal, so I got it through that. Um, okay, this is my new game. Ignore Pokemon for this weekend. I know <laughs> it's going to come the, uh, the, the week after. And so um, I got into uh, Live Alive and so started with, because um, you can choose your chapters because it doesn't really matter which order you do it. I think there's some that are probably more recommended to start off with than others. Um, so I did the prehistory one. And um, so I don't know if you played this barrier at all, yep. but uh, this is... Um, this chapter is so your prehistory it's cavemen it's um they're not talking and so this this is really fun actually so i got into this and they're just grunting and making noises um and you you have the icon um above the head and so you can sort of infer what they're talking about and so um it was a really cool shift of you know it's not text telling you what to do it was you sort of had to uh, look at the game a bit differently and sort of work out okay that i mean this okay or meat or animals so i had to hunt and, and you know do these things um, and report back to the uh, the elder of the of the tribe or whatever you want to call it. And so, um, uh, really, sort of um, different, uh, like because I was I was ready for another sort of '90s RPG because you know love Earthbound. Re- discovered that for the first time this year um, and really really enjoyed. It. I should have played that years ago. But um, sort of I'm I'm ready for you know a '90s sort of RPG. You know it might not be perfect, but you know I'm I'm willing to sort of. Uh, give up some of the you know the things the things we probably take for granted in a, in a modern rpg that you probably get in like triangle strategy and the like but um uh, I, i'm really liking this um i think uh the same director from uh, mother three helped work on this live alive game so there's obviously there's links between um these sorts of games um and this is really fun so i'm gonna um continue on with this my pokemon came a bit a couple of days earlier than i thought and so i got onto that but uh like live alive is a really i want to like that's a really cool game that people shouldn't sleep on I'm, I'm very early into it but i think i know i'm gonna really enjoy it 
Have you played it, Barry? Yeah, I, I played and, and beat it. Yeah. It came out right before Xeno three, so I was like, I got yes, a week to a week do before. it. So I did a I did a chapter <laughs> pretty much a day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and because uh, then I just broke up, and of course there's there's after there's more than seven chapters, but uh, yeah, the the story is really good in Live Alive, and and I, I love the prehistory. I love the whole woman. You know, woman, woman, woman. Like, don't don't believe the woman. She's you know, and uh, what happens with her? It's it's so so cool, especially the end, the final boss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, each chapter is so cool because it's so different and they're different styled. Um, but there is this overarching story, mm. and it does all come connected by the end. So that's good. You know, if you if you grow attached to the characters, you'll get a nice uh, thing at the end. And there's there's actually two different endings, which is really interesting. There's like a bad ending yeah. and a good ending. So you yep. you are able to see them both. Yeah, nice. Because yeah, I was wondering. You know, I hope it. I assumed it would. You know, it, like seven different stories, but it comes together at the end there in some way. And yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out. And then I didn't know about the the second ending, so I'll see what I land with and what I what it could have been if I did something different. So, well, um, if when you, when you get your one ending, uh, look up and say like, Oh, how do I get the other ending? Cause, uh, they, they're both, if you, it's pretty much you're on, you make one decision and you're on a path and yeah. then you could easily say, all right, well, I want to see the other thing. And it's different enough that it's worth just going down the other path. Um, okay. just to yeah. see, because it's, it's like considered like a bonus chapter, if you will. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. Cool. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep chipping away at that one, um, and yeah, having a really good time. But um, all right, Barry, it is time for the segment where we profile and discuss the latest uh, big Nintendo game, um, exclusive Nintendo game that's just come out. Um, it's called New Release Acquired. And obviously, we know one it is for this episode of pokemon skull and violet uh the long awaited um i wouldn't say long awaited actually it's only been three years since the last one uh yeah. eagerly anticipated in a way for the uh, the first fully uh, open world um style pokemon game we got legends arceus earlier this year that was open area so not quite fully open world but um in this one um uh, players are going to embark on a new style of Pokemon journey, freely exploring at their own pace and tackling multiple main story paths in any order they want. Pokemon Skull and Violet also offers expanded multiplayer modes, allowing up to four players to travel across the land together. Along with the series staples such as trading and battling Pokemon, players can also explore the various locations of the region together with other players. Whether trading, battling, joining terror raid battles, or having a relaxing picnic players are sure to make some memorable experiences with their friends and family in local wireless or online multiplayer and um, so it obviously the co-op uh playing together is the other new aspect um you got this story set uh it's a kid moved to a new area this paldea region um and they have to go to a school so it's a bit of a school um storyline mixed into it um and you know this is uh completely open world and so you're seeing you know anywhere you see you can get to go to and explore and so um obviously performance has been a big thing we'll get into that later um but uh, the reviews and scores have been pretty around the mark not 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 bad not not amazing either we're getting um the 75 currently on metacritic um had some scores like 7 out of 10 from nintendo life books which is an australian uh, review one of the big ones in the country gave it a 4 out of 5 and so we're seeing a lot of those seven, eight out of tens for the game. Um, 
hearing a lot of this is a really fun game um, and, and you will enjoy it, it will just be at the expense of sometimes the performance is going to be so slow um, or, or crash. Um, we've seen a lot of funny things I have on Twitter of just these characters just doing the most randomness, random, sorry, uh, wacky things. Um, plays arms moving around. Um, you're taking a selfie and Pokemon are flying through your face. You're falling out of the world into the abyss down below. Um, it's, it's given me a, a sort of a cyberpunk initial launch kind of vibe. Um, the reason the difference this time is people know it's a fun game and are continuing to play it. And it's just obviously sold through the Wazoo and has become the most fastest selling Nintendo game in the first three days of launch. And so um, it's a lot of extreme sort of positive and negative for this game. But in the end, it's just resulted in um, more talk about this game. I think there's, there are so many people playing it and um, people are love, loving it noting that the bad things that are probably getting in the way for some, but probably not everyone, I would have thought. So, um, Barry, you, you mentioned you've nearly finished this game. Um, you've played, obviously, a lot more than me. What, what what are your overall impressions of the game, and how have you found it? I mean, I've, I've absolutely loved it. I've had a lot of fun, and that's what I base my personal reviews on games is how much fun. Like, when... Um, rcs came out earlier legends rcs some people were like look at the trees and <laughs> oh the graphics aren't as pretty i'm like yeah but this is the game i wanted back on the n64 all those years ago this is taking me back to being a kid and having that dream game and i think about like 60 hours into rcs and i had a blast i had mm. a blast i never was bored you know i, I played big budget you know triple a games like you know like say uncharted and I've gotten, you know, a good eight hours out of it. And I enjoyed my run. But it wasn't 60 hours. And of those eight hours, there was, you know, still frustration. It wasn't all sugars and rainbow, especially the first one. Um, So to me, if you're having fun with the game, I'm not making this as an excuse, mind you. The, the technical issues should be addressed. <clears throat> but I would recommend a game with technical issues that's fun for a long period of time over a game that plays perfectly that just may not be as enjoyable mm. or maybe a shorter experience, uh, depending on your time. I mean, if you only have looking for a three-hour game, of course, it's different. Um, I have I had one crash today. That was it. I've The camera gets, like, you see below the earth because if you're on an incline, the camera yeah. kind of, like, goes underneath. Yeah. <clears throat> That's I, just I laugh that a few times. It. Just yeah. laugh at it. I mean, it, yeah. it should it happen? No, but is it is it really going to deter you, or is it really going to take away from the gameplay? No, absolutely not. No. Uh, I the the animations obviously frame rate is a big issue for the characters in the distance, where characters move with like two frames of animation. Uh, <laughs> it's it's hilarious. There's one town that has a, a windmill, uh, and it's funny because. If you're right there standing up and looking at it, it's spinning fine. But if you're in the distance looking at it, it looks like a clock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like a clock. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's like, oh, man. And just have to laugh at it. Like, should it happen? No. But just enjoy the fact that this is something that you could, like, collectively, we could all laugh at. We could just, some of the some of the glitches that I haven't experienced, I've saw one with, like, their eyes bugged out and stuff. <laughs> and it's, it's like, just laugh at it, you know, at this yeah. point. It's hilarious. Um, it doesn't, none of those glitches have actually taken away from the game. It's none of it's been game breaking. None of it's been, I can't no. continue anymore. Yeah. So at that point, 
I believe all this could be fixed with a patch. Now, I will say, despite that, <clears throat> and I love the open world, it's not a pretty open world. No. There's definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely you, look, you look out in the distance and you see mountains and you see grass and you see trees, and it's just, you compare that to Xenoblade 3, you compare that to Harvest Stella even, uh, you compare it to Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild. And, yeah. and it's like, no, no, uh, even even uh, Immortal Phoenix Rising did open world on the Switch, mm. and it's like, no, that, no, come on, Game Freak. Yeah. But it, it can be done. It can be done, but it's still fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that, that's a fundamental reason, isn't it, to, to play it? And so, um, I kind of, yeah, I'm a bit more forgiving in that regard because it is, it is fun to play. I'm, I'm enjoying the the loop. Um, I want to keep exploring. I want to, like, I'm. I'm I'm not really looking at the map much. Um, only the last day or two because I wanted to get particular Pokemon in a in a in a raid, and um, uh, I wanted to evolve a certain Pokemon, so I had to do other things for it. But um, I've just sort of been like naturally led along. Okay, I want to go here and here. Oh, here's a Pokemon Center. Um, okay, here's a different area. Oh, I'm at the town now. So I got to the um the town with the Sunflora. You got to do the first the grass gym, and so I, I just naturally got there. And so, um, and so it's been naturally like I've done um the. Th- each of the first three storylines in in like without doing like two gyms or two of the um uh, uh one of these the other uh gym star or the titan yeah those things and so um it's actually been quite uh, enjoyable to sort of you know i'm not i'm just exploring like the things that take my interest and i'm going there and like i'm seeing the new pokemon and there seems to be a lot more new pokemon and definitely compared to arceus because that was 240 or so in this world and there's over 400 in this one, and so yeah. um, I feel that's good because I've definitely, um, you know, wanted to keep looking and, and pick certain things um, out, catch them obviously, um, and then then lots of items around. So you want to keep make sure you look around and pick up uh, these TMs that you can find um, out in the wild. Um, the normal red pokeballs are other items, and then you get like sparkly um, icons, which are like your berries and things like that, and so. Um, the, the loop's great. You just want to keep playing and sort of you, you figure after a while how long you've been playing and, and you just get lost in it, which is which is really good. And so, um, yeah, but, but in saying that, I'm, I'm at the top of a mountain. I'm looking out and it, it's it's definitely not the prettiest thing out there. And you sort of look at, you know, you wish that, you know, imagine if Monolith Soft had a, a bit of input to this and, and it helped out like they have with the Zelda games or something. Like, I don't think because everyone loves Pokemon so much and it, yeah. it's it's a lot of people's favorite sort of IP when it comes to Nintendo and maybe the reason, sometimes the only reason they buy a, a Nintendo handheld or console, I would think, is to play Pokemon. Um, and, and so, you know, there's so much more potential and, and we've had a lot of discussion about like performance, whether they'll patch it up and, you know, um, the reason they, they won't delay a game, you know, three years and, you know, there's, there's all these other things because Pokemon makes more money outside of these video games. But these video games bring in the new merch, the new Pokemon, the things that can sell and continue to sort of evolve the series. And so this is a big sort of juggernaut of a of a, of a three-year periodical um, train that they cannot stop. And uh, whatever, once three years is up, whatever is there is the game they um, <laughs> eff- effectively uh, bring out. And so um, I, I think this time being the first open world, but also having... Um, Legends Arceus earlier this year. I've I've read that there's been two separate teams, and so there might not have been as much sort of impact in there. But I would imagine there'd be some, and I, th- I think that would, would take away the available um, 
capacity they had to make this normally in a three-year cycle. I'm not sure what you think about that and whether that's a valid point or not. Um, no, I think that's valid. Uh, you know, they Legends Arceus was not that long ago, and mm. you know, obviously we had uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, which yeah. was another team right before that. I think, I do think they were under a strict timeline to get it out there. I mean, they got it out November 18th. They just yesterday in in America we had our Thanksgiving. Yep. And we had the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade where there is a float of Pikachu and Eevee, which is adorable and I absolutely love it. And of that, course, yeah. of course, the commentators are like, you know, here's Pikachu and Eevee. Their latest game just came out, Pokemon yep. Scarlet and Violet. And I'm like, yeah, they wanted that. They wanted eyes on the oh, parade. Sure. They wanted that yep. to remind, oh, there's a new Pokemon game. Like th- yep. that sells. That's a commercial for them. They wanted to be able to utilize that. Uh, and obviously the holiday season, of course, the holiday season. Uh, you have to uh, try and capitalize on as well. So I agree with you. And there's there's things in RCS that I do wish they'd brought here. Um, two two main things because I, th- I thought RCS was a great game. One mm. is I wish you could just catch Pokemon, like you could just throw a Pokeball at it yeah. instead of your Pokemon yeah. and just catch it without battling. Um, I thought that was really cool. Um, and the other thing. And this one, this one's such a big one for me, is being being able to control your character during battles, so you can move. Because I don't know if you've encountered this yet, and if you haven't, I'm sure you will. Um, if you're in a battle, let's say you're running along, and a Pokemon runs into you, and you're now in this battle, and you don't even want to be in this battle. Mm-hmm. The the Pokemon is here. It puts your Pokemon here, which means it puts you here. Even though you yes. started here, it puts you back. Yeah, you jump. So back. when you run. Now you're back here, but there could be another Pokemon immediately underneath you, which gets yep. you into a battle. And I've yep. had times where I had five battles in a row. Yep. It it not it threw me off a cliff. It literally <laughs> threw me all the way off a cliff. I'm like, what the heck? You couldn't so, even do anything about it. It's you just yeah. do anything. You're stuck. <laughs> so if I was able to move around, I would at least be able to position myself. Avoid it. Yeah. Avoid it. That's number one. And number two, uh, regardless, I wish they gave you like a two seconds, three seconds uh invincibility after a battle regardless of the outcome so that you can't get into another battle so you have a yeah. chance to move and if there's another one you want right away you're stuck waiting and then maybe be like i'll oh, curse this but that's a lot better than instantly thrown into another battle that you don't want that's it um it was these these tauruses they were they would find me i'm just laughing because like I'm, I'm battling this uh jigglypuff or it was some some cutesy pokemon and it's just got a bunch of taurus surrounding me taking their turns trying to trying to hit me I'm just laughing because I know, like, at the moment this battle ends, one of them's going <laughs> to hit me and I'm going to do this again. So, um, yeah, so I was sort of like laughing at that kind of um, uh, oh, like, dynamic of it, I suppose. Um, the the other thing was I, I, I saw online it's you can get to certain places faster by um, having your, your, your legendary that you ride on. If you jump backwards into ledges, it sort of stays a bit more. And so I've been able to sort of go up into places probably a bit earlier than they intended, huh. um, jumping backwards. Um, and so, so that, that's been like, it's not, it's not game breaking. It, it kind of reminds me of a Metroid kind of uh, add on yeah. where you can sort of, Secret you can do break. this if you really know how to do it kind of thing. And so um, little things like that have been fun to sort of go through. Um, 
Another thing I noticed, if you have like a big sort of XP candy that you give a Pokemon and it levels it up five levels, it doesn't do it five times and you get the noise. It does it once. Yeah. And then I realized, I thought, oh, sure. I think it did more levels than that. Surely then I looked and it did add on like five levels. It just didn't do that. Just little things like that. You know, you just sort of, uh, it's just slightly different. But um, uh, it's it's been, I'm just, yeah. And the Let's Go, that was the other thing. I, I've enjoyed that. That's, that's yeah. a cool little um add-on to sort of yeah, quicken some battles and uh, you know it makes sense like if it's a type advantage you know you're probably going to do really well with it um type disadvantage you're probably going to suffer a bit and you probably might not want to do it that way but um what have you thought about the terror types and the whole um uh terror crystallization i, I like the terror types i think it, yeah. it changes the game a bit because you know you go into a pokemon match and you just expect one you know this is going to be a psychic so it's going to be a psychic and then suddenly it turns into a poison like wait hold on mm. i wasn't prepared for poison uh, i think that's cool of course if you know the you know it's not native it's not the native type those moves are a little weaker so like yeah. you know only the poison moves get enhanced there not the psychic moves um so i do think it creates new opportunities um I know some people like it. I'm sure some people don't like it, whatever. I liked Mega Evolutions. I thought Mega Evolutions was great. I wish they mm. brought that back. But I like this because it creates infinite, really infinite combinations at this point. For mm. you know, Every Pokemon could be every type. Uh, and I like that. I like that it creates that, that oh, I found one with this type. That's really cool. I can change it. And I noticed they use that in the gyms. If When you fight the gym leaders, their last Pokemon is always not whatever they are. So like the grass gym throws out, I think it's pseudo Wudo, uh, yeah. who is not grass, but then he terratypes it to grass, and they do that. Everyone does that. They throw out a different type than what they are, and then terra to their gym type. Mm. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's really interesting. They're, they're trying to show, like, look, this is what you can do. Uh, but yeah, going back to what you were talking about with like the open world thing and exploring, and how like, you did the grass gym first. And I didn't mm. do the grass gym for a while because uh, okay. I went out the other door, you went the other side, yeah. And uh, what's interesting is I did the, my first gym was the bug gym. So I did that and I opened up the map and I'm like, well, let's, let's go for another gym. And I saw one, I'm like, well, this one appears to be closest to me. I'm going to, I'm going to go there. And I went one way trying to get there and I failed. I I got to the point where I was exhausted. All my Pokemon were weak because I kept seeing new Pokemon. So I'm trying to catch it. And, you know, I'm catching everything and I'm like, I need to go back and start. Let me, let me try going the other way. And now I'm, 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 you know, level 30s and, uh, you know, Pokemon are attacking me and trainers with level 30s. And I'm like sitting there with like level 20. I'm like, oh, my God, these, you know, 20 something. Like these these guys are kicking my butt. So now I'm running like a, a little kid, like through this tough area. I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I finally get to the gym and I'm like, yes, I did it. I got the Pokestop so I could teleport. And I go to the gym and I'm like, let me do the, the gym game, you know, that you have to do prior to. And I get into a battle. And it's like level 45. And I'm like, oh, my God, I thought I thought that the game was supposed to be open world in the sense that everything scaled to you. Like you could do the gyms in any order and it would scale to your level to be comparable. But they're not. They're set levels. Mm. So I wound up going to the equivalent of the eighth gym as my second gym. <laughs> and I was like, I'm nowhere near ready for this. Yeah, so yeah. I wound up doing the rest of the game, doing other things. And when it was time for the eighth gym, I already knew how to get there. So I just teleported and it was like sweet revenge. It was like, yeah, now yeah, right. let's do this. <laughs> um, and it's funny because 
you know, I, I did that inadvertently. I that was the path I chose to go on, and I, I found my way there, persevered. But I made a fun story, and it made a fun adventure, and it was mm. something, you know, that that was exclusive to me. Other people probably went there like later on, and as they were supposed to, and be like, yeah. oh yeah, this is no big deal. But as a low level, it's like running into Ganon's castle at the start of Zelda, just yeah. without <laughs> anything. Like, where, where am I going? Uh, it, it was fun. It created a unique experience, uh, especially because my wife is playing and she's doing a different way. Like she's she went west as well, but then yeah. she didn't continue west. She went east afterwards, and then yeah. you know she started doing east stuff. And I was like, oh, this is cool. You're having your own story, and I'm having my own story, and I love it. Mm. Yeah, it's um, yeah, that's right. Everyone's gonna have their own sort of experience of it, and, and you know, people are ca- trying to catch fifty one level fifty one Pokemon straight away, and probably can't tame it or you know, or even catch it to begin with. But uh, they, they can like give it a go um good luck yeah. going that way but um yeah well, that's that, what happened cool to me thing. i found i found like a, the 36 uh pokemon that I ran into i was like oh i want to catch it and i wound yeah. up catching it i wound okay. up getting lucky and catching it yeah, I'm like, yeah. yes but now obviously he won't listen to me nice. so i can't do anything with him so i left him at my party as like a tank like last yeah. resort i'll throw him yeah. out there while <laughs> trying to catch something else you know and it, it was just it was funny because I was like, yes, I got it. Yeah. You know, and then later on, I found where I was supposed to encounter that Pokemon first at like a level 15. I'm like, well, I got yeah. a 30 something. So, ah. <laughs> you know, it was, it was just a, it's just a good experience. Good. Yeah. yeah it's nice. a lot of fun to be had. Mm. Oh, it is. Um, which, which, what, which six do you have? What did you end up with? Um, and oh, suppose, my, yeah. my, my team. God. Yeah. Uh, I don't even remember all the names because some of the new ones. Like, like mm. I got the did the fire starter, so I still use the fire croc. I forget his name. Way Coco. Uh, yep. Um, and then the I use uh, I have a Dragonite in my team. Uh, I have a Tyranitar in my team. I have. Are these the okay? Not, to avoid spoilers, are these the, the ones? No, those. That, they're not those ones. No, no, these these are. I mean, Dragonite's were part of the original 151. Yeah, that is, but the yeah, the, the uh, Tyranitar has been there for yeah. a while. It's been been there forever, Tyranitar. That like what Gen two, Gen three. Yeah, sorry, I'm yeah referring to something else. I don't want to spoil it for people um, who don't know. That's all good. I'm trying to remember like what I can say. Um, I'm using I'm using the legendary, um, which you you know the legendary. I'm using mm. him. And then I, the last two on my team, I can't say because they're more end game, and I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, no, fair enough. Cool. I, um, but I'm changing out my team a lot. I'm noticing, especially yeah. with the raids. You need to. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I went uh with uh, Sprigatito. Um. I found out what each starter evolved into, and I wasn't really a, like none. None of them really went with me. So I'm just. Stuck with Sprigatito, and I've just given it an Everstone, and so it's just going to be my my little grass cat accompanying me everywhere. Um, already starting to get a little, uh, you know, it's definitely not as powerful as it could be, and so there's times where it, you know it's um, definitely uh, weaker to things, and so um, I'm not going to evolve it though. So if I if I you know if it really? costs me too much, I I like the final evolutions. I love my fire crack. He looks awesome. Okay, yeah, I think I think um yeah, Dirge, I think is the yeah. um the best of the three in terms of what I think it could have should evolve into in pathwise. Um, I, I was really hoping for like this saber tooth grass tiger for, for Sprigatito in the end. And I've seen um, some fan art on, on like TikTok or Twitter, just showing what, what a fan uh, drew up. And I thought, Oh, that would have been amazing. That's exactly what I would have wanted. So um, 
that's all right. Uh, each to their own. Um, I've got a Lukix, which is a bug dark. It's one of the um, earlier ones you find. Um, uh, trying to get, um, I've got a Charcadet, and so I'm trying to get that evolved into. I've got Violet, and so trying to get the uh, Ghost Fire one, a cel- Cellulurge. I can't, I can't remember the name. Um, Nackley, yeah, there's. Sorry, the. I use, I use the, the I'm in Scarlet, but I use the him for a while too, for the while. fire one. Yep, yep, nice. Um, I got a Nackley, this uh mushroom rock Pokemon, just remind me of of a um of a, of a power mushroom or a one up from Super Mario. So um, that will look cool when I That's get NACL. that. Yeah, that, yep, when they get you that. You get ball. the joke there, right? Y- y- sorry, the. There's a joke to the name. Go on. NACL. It's salt, rock salt. Yes, the periodic table. <laughs> periodic okay, table. Yes. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yep, I'm with you on that now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just got a tad bulb. So I'm, I, I like belly bolt. So that will be in my six. Um, and then what else do I have? I've got a shrewdle. So I'm going to evolve that into the poison monkey. So um, yeah, I, I really like the designs of this generation, actually. I think it's just something like. Except for the starters, which I don't quite like. I think everything else has been quite cool, actually. I, I, I don't know. I um, can't remember the last generation where I really like liked a lot of them. And I, I, I've been switching out a lot. So, um, yeah, don't know if you found the same with these designs yeah. or um, how they compare yeah, to... Yeah, I've, I've switched out my team quite a bit. And, mm. like, once you get, like, endgame, you know, it's not so much about your six. It's really about what you want to build for raids and like at that point where it's like how deep do i want to go because when you when you do the raids you only bring one pokemon so it doesn't matter you know your back five have nothing to say yeah so it's really about like oh this is going to be a fairy raid do i have what what pokemon should i bring in for fairy oh this is going to be a ghost raid what pokemon should bring in for ghost and uh it, it really becomes more about figuring out what you want for your team and then catching them and leveling those and and again, it depends on how deep down the rabbit hole you want to go. Because if you don't really care to, then you won't do it. You know, and like uh, I think next weekend is Charizard's coming in the raids, and I really love Charizard. He's been my favorite for a long time. So I'm like, ah, oh, now I gotta gotta build up. And I, I don't usually use like uh, water. <laughs> I don't usually use water. Yeah. So I'm like, crap. Now I gotta figure out what what to use for that raid. Because I'll tell you, five star raids are tough. Even with other people, yep. they're tough. And there's yep. six-star raids, too, which I've never encountered yet. Okay. But yep. but they are tough because the Pokemon, in four, they do this in four-star, too. They'll put up a shield. Like, once you get them to, like, 50%, you're like, yeah, I've got it. They'll yep. put up a shield, and it it takes so much to break through that shield. Like, all damage, it's such a big shield. And then when you finally do, you can finish it off, but you're on a timer. Yes. Uh, so, you know, a lot of times it's just running out of time. And that's just like, ah, oh, just wasn't good enough. And you don't know who. You don't know if you're you were the problem or if other people were the problem. If your entire team was the problem, you yeah, no know. Something you're missing. Yeah. Um. So I've done all of them to this point by myself, and so yeah. you get CPU with you. And so you're probably up to three stars you can do then by yourself. Would you I've say? done four stars by myself. Oh, by I've yourself, done a five star by myself. I actually. Okay. That was a tough, close one, but I did a yep, five star yep. by myself. Yeah, so they're possible, but yeah, it just depends on probably and probably it, more the, the, the bigger legendary ones that will eventually come will be a bit more of a challenge. It also depends on the type. So like if you're yeah. like you have your kitty cat and your kitty cat's awesome and your grass. If you're going against something that grass is 
you know, strong to, you might be able to do a five star. But yeah. if it was like a fire, like Charizard, for example, when it comes in, your grass kitty is going to, you're not going to be able to do it. Like no. <laughs> it's, no, you're going to be at a type disadvantage. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, not going to be a good time. That's for sure. So, um, yeah, so I really like this sort of the raid mechanic. I think that was great when they brought that in with sword and shield. And so, um, another cool thing they brought in, um, Speaking of particular Pokemon, um, I love that there's now a, a grass fire type. This is the very first time that this yes. has happened. And so this is like a sort of a, a bell pepper kind of chili um, um, crossover. And so um, so this is really cool. So I was just, just, just thinking, you know, what's what's this going to be sort of strong and, and weak to? And so I don't know if um, I'm trying to think on the top of my head. It's going to be pretty good at what I thought. Nothing too out against it but um I, I was shocked to see fire grass i was like wow that's a combination that i don't think has happened before he looks really mind. cool too it does um i blew my mind ages ago when we got to uh, Cola, you know this uh, water grass um but that that seems like a more natural combination is doesn't it compared to um fire grass to, to compared to this one uh what is it it's it's weak to flying poison and rock um and so uh that's not too bad. Only three. No, it's not too bad. You, you don't usually get flying water and rock moves. Yeah, I mean, that's water, it. It's not like a the... dark with bite or something that's going oh, to... Yeah, dark is everywhere. Dark's everywhere. Dark that's... psychic. And, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that's not bad. If you're thinking of uh, having a bit of a, of a bell pepper added to your, to your six. Um, so, yeah, I think overall, I think I'm really... Um, like, I, I like this approach and it makes sense from Legends Arceus. Um, for this to have occurred fully open, um, definitely on the right track. I'm 10 hours in having a really good time. Um, yep. Keen to sort of complete my decks, go through the story. Um, finding that quite funny and charming as well. The storyline, especially, um, with the team star and that, that storyline, I think that's been the, my favorite one so far with, um, dealing with the, um, these uh, rebellious kids in the school. So that, that's been a cool dynamic, but, um, uh, so yeah, I think this is, this feels like the most, Ignoring Arceus from Sword and Shield to um, Scarlet and Violet feels like more of the bigger sort of gaps in terms of um, of gameplay and and what uh, the Pokemon Company or Game Freak have done to the Pokemon series for, for a while. And so, um, it really is sort of optimistic that you know there's always going to be this hope that you know they can really refine the performance and the graphics and make it look really good. But I think um, uh, this is a really good base in terms of what they can do and any any sort of issues we've talked about, like you said, they can get patched and so um we'll wait to see if they, they they do patch anything whether you know maybe it's just a really some of the game breaking stuff that might be there if anything um but outside of that um they're having a really good time and i think most people are as well so what are your overall thoughts yeah i think if you let you know the graphics bother you or you let the weird little glitches you know funny glitches bother you and hamper your fun uh then you're probably not going to enjoy it uh, you probably, you know, you're better off playing something that's maybe perfect <clears throat> in terms of performance. But if you enjoy open worlds, if you enjoy Pokemon, if you can look past those things and just laugh at them, there's a really fun game here. There's a lot of, lot to do, lot to see. I, I think this is the right step for the for the games. I, I, I want to see all future Pokemon games refine this and stay with the open world. I think that's the future of Pokemon. I think, you know sword and shield were kind of the hybrid it was traditional pokemon but we have the wild area so we're yeah. teasing it and the legends rcs had 
here here's open world but it's open area not fully open world uh just to see how it works and now this is more like the culmination of it and i think yeah. this is the future of pokemon not the glitches part but the gameplay part yeah yeah 100 so um yeah it'll be this will be easily another um 80 plus hour experience for me maybe 100 oh, yeah. i'm just gonna yeah absolutely just uh, play this um get every last drop out of it but um Enough of Pokemon. We've got some other news items to get through. Um, uh, a few sort of DLC updates coming these last couple of weeks. Um, the first one, uh, we're finally going to get golf in Nintendo Switch Sports. And so this seven-month-old game um, uh, will get its first... We've had a couple of smaller updates since, but this will be the first big one. Um, arrives on the 28th of November, so probably by the time people are listening to this, it's just come out or just about to. Um, so this comes with 21 holes from the Wii Sports series, and a lot of those came from older games like NES Open on the very on the NES. And so, um, so this this looks fun because it'll be uh, um, you've got like this survival mode. So it's like uh, bowling, how the bowling works in Nintendo Switch Sports. And so you don't want to be the worst player at a certain point, otherwise you'll get eliminated. So make sure you keep hitting those balls and and getting those uh, par or, or birdies, eagles to keep yourself in the game. Um, I think there's other casual competition options as well, but um, yeah, this will be. I will check this out because golf is always my one of my more favourite sports out of the the five. Or you know, with um, a, a sports resort, that was always a fun time. So, um, has it just come a bit too late? I don't know. What do you think, Barry? Yeah, I feel like Nintendo Sports was they they were expecting it to be Wii Sports. And people have been asking for a Wii Sports on Switch. And I, I feel like it just came out with a whimper. Yep. And people wanted golf. And now it's, you know, there's all these other games it's competing with. And this it's like, do you go back to it at that point? It's so long. You know, it's really hard to go back to a game once you've put it back on the shelf, right? Like, yep. old DLC. Do I want to go back to that older game? Or do I want a brand new experience that just came out? Um. I I wonder, I'm curious to know the download ratio on it. Like how many people are going back if there's an uptick? Because I feel that's going to impact any future. Like if we want to get baseball and stuff like that yeah. back. If there's not much of an uptick, <clears throat> they might say this isn't worth us continuing development and they'll stop at golf. But they had to do golf because they announced it. Yeah. Um I, I'm curious to know that, but I never played Outside the test, I did a test weekend. I didn't play Nintendo Sports or the Switch Sports. Okay. Yep. Uh, I loved Wii Sports, but I feel to get the maximum input, what they should have done is every year Black Friday, they do their bundle. And every year their bundle has Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, always Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I feel like what they should have done is they could have kept Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, but if they put Nintendo Switch Sports in this time as a bundle game, I think the golf will hit would be perfect because people would be buying it and then they would have golf in addition to, yeah. but they didn't do that. And they're relying on this selling more copies. And I don't know if it's going to be enough. And I don't think it's going to be enough to be honest. Yeah. I am. Um, yeah. I, I think you're right. So um, yeah, maybe a little uptick um, for, for me, you might be, you know, I play it for an hour or two and then that's it. I've, I've experienced it. And then, you know, sort of you, know, you leave it at that. So um, I don't know why this has taken so long. This is, you know, they're, they're reusing. It's not like they're designing new courses. Um, the survival online aspect of of it is obviously new, but um, 
yeah, maybe this has been planned to always be around this time to sort of get that bump. And so yeah, um, maybe. we're half getting what you want with the, a bundle with the Switch Sports because it is coming to Japan. And so Japan oh. is getting a um, a an actual Switch bundle. Instead of the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, it will be Nintendo Switch Sports. And so, you know, they're going back to the Wii days of um, getting the game with the actual console. Um, and they'll also get uh, 12 months of NSO Nintendo Switch Online as well. And so... Uh, maybe this is something we see in the Western countries next year. Maybe this is something they push a bit more. But you know, is that this might be too little, too late at that point? Oh yeah, or, at that point, definitely. Yeah, and it's it's not it's not an OLED model either. So it's just a standard edition um, with a digital copy of Nintendo Switch Sports. And so um, I found that interesting. Whether you know whether if you did it with an OLED with that you know, and maybe Switch Sports, maybe a game that a lot of people don't have, is that reason enough for someone to upgrade instead of? You know, offering um, if you had Mario Kart 8 Deluxe with an OLED, people would be like, oh, "I've already got Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Do I really need to upgrade that bu- with it, with that's, that bundle per se?" That's a good question. See, I, I'm I've always surprised why One Two Switch was never put in as a mm. bundle. Yeah, <clears throat> and I think it has to do with the fact that Nintendo of Japan didn't want Wii Sports as a bundle, and Reggie Fizume yeah. said, "No, this needs to be a bundled game." And the Wii was such a success that they listened. With, with Wii U, and they put Nintendo Land as a bundle, and the Wii U failed. So they said, oh, well, clearly we don't need a pack-in game. And 1-2-Switch should have been a pack-in game and yeah, wasn't. Yeah, it should have. And now I feel if they did a bundle with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, 1-2-Switch, and Nintendo Switch Sports, in an OLED for, you know, the 300 hours, 350, whatever, um, 400, I think it would do really well. But mm. they're not. They're sticking with their <laughs> what they've done you know, and I don't know how well that's working, but I guess well enough that they're continuing. Yeah, that's it. So, um, yeah, that, that's one of the interesting outtakes from Reggie's um, disrupting the game uh, book mm-hmm. earlier this year. So that, that was yeah, interesting. Sort of he you know, see those two big sort of heads, the American and the Japanese sort of Nintendo, um, clashing heads on on what they should and shouldn't include in bundles. And um, yeah, they got it right for Wii Sports, but um, yeah, Nintendo Land didn't do too much from did it. So. Um, I think that was the system and the marketing more so than anything else. Yeah, that's game. right. Yeah, there's other aspects to it. So, um, but yeah, you know, what, who knows what we'll see next year with the Tears of the Kingdom. You know, I, I imagine that's going to get a special edition Switch. Oh, yeah. Has to. And so, to. you know, um, yeah, so so whether it comes with a game or not is another question. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Pokemon didn't even come with the game. It was just the Switch. No, that's right. So, um, yeah, we'll wait and see on that. Um Next one, we've got Wave 3 of Mario Kart Booster Course Pass coming. So this is the holiday edition of a Wave of the DLC for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Um, we're getting some really good courses here. I, I really liked Wave 2 because that has some, some bangers. Uh, but this, is, um, this might be giving it a run for its money. And so these all come out on the 8th of December. And we're getting a lot of uh, mostly old stuff from previous games. Um, so we've got two new cups. We've got the Rock Cup and the Moon Cup. And so um, so on the Rock Cup, we're getting the London Loop. So this is a Mario Kart Tour uh, track. Um, I love these landmark ones. And so getting a London one's really cool. And so you're going to um, leave your rivals goal smacked, it says, as you drift around familiar landmarks into first place in this course, inspired by England's capital, originating from Mario Kart Tour. Um Boo Lake. So this is a Game Boy Advance uh, previous track. So this is um, coming as well. So this is, you know, uh, these ones in the Super Nintendo designs are a bit more basic. And so they've kind of uh, revived it a bit. Um, 
This one looks really good as well. Um, Alpine Pass. This is from Mario Kart 7 on the 3DS. Um, and then Maple Treeway, which when we saw the trailer, that they, they focused, I, I, I thought half of it was pretty much focused on Maple Treeway. And so I think this just shows how popular this was um, back in the day. This was one of my favorite courses on Mario Kart Wii. And so um, the music, just the whole, the, the actual track's really fun to, to race around. And so um, that's a pretty, pretty solid uh, cup right there. Um, what, what's your big one for you out of those four? Um, for me, I mean, I love all of them. But I've been a player of Tour since launch. I've really enjoyed okay. Tour. So I've, yeah. I've enjoyed seeing a lot of those courses come back and get reimagined, like Boo Lake. You know, I've already raced on it, so it was great to see that. But for me, I love seeing the city tracks in Mario Kart 8 because there's multiple city tracks in Tour. You know, every one. There's a one, there's a two, there's a, you know, mm. there's a, sometimes a three. And they're all very different. And, of course, there's trick versions and reverse versions. So I love to see how they make each lap pretty much be a different one of them. Yeah. So, like, lap one is, is the first version, and lap two is the second, and the third lap is the third. And I love that because it really changes it up. Because when you're doing the same race, you know, you, you get accustomed to it because it kind of yeah. throws that curveball at you. Uh, so London Loop, I'm really excited to see how they adapt that. Uh, it's just a, a really fun course. Mm. It's um, yeah, it makes it really unique, and so you can definitely tell like without knowing landmarks, you can tell it's a Mario Kart Tour track just with how it changes, and um, um, it's re really smartly done. I feel at times, just yeah, you know, they're using the sort of actual world you're in to sort of adjust and to to, to go through it, and so. Um, I love I love Sydney Circuit. That's you know, as an Australian, that's a, that's a cool one to go through the Sydney Harbour, and you're going through the Opera House and over the bridge and um, seeing all that stuff. And so, uh, yeah, these ones are great. So I can't wait till Vancouver gets adapted. That's that's one of my favorite tour tracks. It's just what's beautiful. that one? I don't, I'm not too familiar with the Mario Kart Tour. So it's uh, uh, Van, it's up in Vancouver, Canada, uh, Canada, and it's got the Northern Lights, uh, and you're like racing through like ski resorts and like over like these like like a wooden path in the trees and it's just a beautiful looking course uh, every version of it and like one version has you going onto an ice hockey rink while there's you know goombas and stuff ice skating around <laughs> and you have to dodge them and it's it's really cool uh, that's the one i'm waiting for so i hope it gets adapted gets adapted nice nice um i'm trying to look up the different courses here like where else where else they can go oh there's a bunch that still haven't gotten yeah, brought over. Trying to find it. Anyway, I'll uh, keep looking in the background. Um, the other one is the Moon Cup, and so um, we're getting Berlin Byways. This is the other Mario Kart Tour track. Um, so watch out for falling womps and thwomps as you make your way around the stunning sights of, in this course. Um, and so th this was cool because I've seen a bit of imagery. So they've they've done their own unique graffiti on the Berlin Wall. And they made it so that the womps and thwomps looks like they're broken part of it or they form part of the the wall at times and they're trying to fall on you. And so um don't know if that mechanics in the Mario Tour course. They've kept yep. that in. Is that one? It is. Yeah. So um yeah, I, I'm I've got German heritage, I'm going they're my second team in the World Cup at the moment. So uh, you know, uh Berlin Byways is another one. Um I'm glad um has made the approach over. That one looks really good. Just saying, I think I prefer this cup as I'm reading through this list here. The, the next one, uh, Peach Gardens from the Nintendo DS. Um, 
Mario Kart DS. Uh, I, I absolutely loved this track as a kid. And so, um, so you're dealing through Peach's Gardens. It's saying here, chirping birds, bopping chain chomps, and fields of flowers flourish on this course set in the vast gardens of Peach's Castle. Um, uh, this is chaotic going through the garden bit at the end there and trying to avoid the chain chomps and, um, and, and, and all that. So th this is a very, uh, one of my favorite ones. Um, and then Merry Mountain. So this is another one from tour. I forgot there was a third one. And so this is the Christmas themed course. And so obviously being released at this time of year, um, looks very festive presents, other Christmassy kind of things in the background there. Um, looks really good. And then finally, um, this might be one of my favorite Rainbow Roads. This is the 3DS Rainbow Road is coming back from Mario Kart 7. Um, it, this one has it all, I feel. This is very stunningly sort of like visually pleasing to look at. Um, so the, the rocket ship and then the different planets you're on and just it's very cosmic. And it's taken, I think, I feel it takes Rainbow Roads to like ups the ante so much in this one. And so to get it in HD kind of um, representation now, a bit of a, a glam up looks really good. So, so what do you think of these ones? Yeah, more more stellar ones. Uh, Rainbow Road, of course, uh, is just just awesome. It's still, I'm still a stickler for the original on, or at least the '64 version. Uh, not not the Mario Kart 8 butchered version that they did to that. <laughs> I'm so mad they butchered that course. But uh, I'm just an old school guy like that. But but I do like the Mario Kart 7 version of that. Merry Mountain is a lot of fun. Yep. Uh, Peach Gardens was one of my favorites for the DS, and Berlin Byways is is uh, just great to all the little references and stuff in that one as well yeah so it's that as the moon cup i so found you... the other uh all the the city courses that they still there was new york minute which they've done tokyo blur mm. paris promenade uh yep. promenade london loop vancouver velocity los okay. angeles laps berlin byways sydney sprint singapore speedway amsterdam amsterdam drift and bangkok rush so there's cool. still quite a bit that they could bring over. Still a few, yeah. And then um, Ninja Hideaway. Oh, we've had that one, Hideaway. We've had that yeah, one. Yeah, that one came. Yeah. And we All had right. uh, the other one too, the uh, Sky High Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So they're all there now. Um, okay, and then there's some remixes as well. So that's cool. Yeah, so um, I think Tour is definitely the one they've sort of taken from the most, I suppose. And for, for you know, I played a little bit of Tour, um, um, it didn't really stick with me, but you know, um, with these tracks, you know, I probably should have give it another go. Um, what's the gacha like in it? It's, it's not too bad, I imagine. For Nintendo, they removed the gacha. Yes, that's right. They did, didn't they? They completely removed the gacha at this point. Yeah. So yeah, is that something yeah. you play pretty regularly then? I play every day, and I yep. think it's just ease because I just play a little bit every day, and just it's something to do before bed or when waking up, or you know, hey, you know, I'm on the toilet for you know two minutes, I have enough yep. time to do a race, <laughs> uh, and it's just convenient. Like that's just that it's convenient and it's fun, and every there's so many courses now that every two weeks when the tour resets, you're seeing different courses, so you're not like racing like in the beginning you were racing on the same course over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, because they and they, every tour they added like one new track, but since it's been going on now almost three years or over three years, whatever, um, there's so many courses that it goes through. They like if you like the course and it disappears in the next tour, you might not see it for you know two three months, maybe four okay. before yeah. it comes back into the cycle. Um, so and they each each course has the standard, has a reverse, then a trick version and a trick reverse. So there's four versions of every track, so you're always racing on different stuff. Very yeah, very nice. rarely repeated. 
Yeah. No, cool. Uh, I've just got a new phone, and my other one had no memory whatsoever, so I had oh, to no. get rid of things. And so I'm like, you know, I've got a bit of space now. So, you know, if I wanted to download a game like this, I, I could. So, um, might be a good one to sort of kill time in between things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, December 8th, really looking forward to this. Um, real, like, whenever these have come out, I've sort of uh, uh, played them and sort of got back into the game a bit. Um, a few communities I'm a part of, they do, they do an online sort of play session of this, and, and it's just a really good, fun time. So, um, yeah, really look forward when the, these waves do come. So next one, um, we've got some more details on the new Fire Emblem Engage game that's coming out on the 20th of January next year. We got a trailer and some additional information um, just sort of showing a few more of these ring characters in this game. And so we had um, Marth revealed initially when this game was first announced, but um, this trailer hasn't, like, it's shown these extra characters. I suppose they didn't really stand out and call them um, specifically out. But um, we get uh, Ike, Lucina, and Roy. They've been confirmed as returning uh, characters and as rings. Um, and then the aim of this story is for Aaliyah, the main character, to sort of gather all 12 rings, so all these 12 characters, um, to progress the story. Um, and so um, it's it's looking um, – we're seeing a bit more detail, just, um, you know, Getting, getting a list of all the main characters, um, what's going to be happening in this uh, Elias uh, region. Um, and I keep looking, this is only like under two months away now. So, um, uh, Barry, you a Fire Emblem fan? What, um, have you seen this trailer? I, I enjoy Fire Emblem, but I'm not as big into strategy RPGs as I used to be. So I really yeah. haven't played, like I haven't played Three Houses or anything like that. I've heard nothing but good things about it. So I'm, I'm mm. very excited for the Fire Emblem fans. I think the... Um, bringing characters like the old characters back uh, is a really neat idea and very much reminds me of Tokyo Mirage Sessions, Sharp mm. FV, which I did yep. really enjoy. So uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how it works. Uh, I, and, and you know what? Fire Emblem fans, they're eating good. <laughs> they're eating really oh, good. Oh, yeah. Pretty good at the moment. Um, yeah, like we, we got the uh, the Warriors version earlier this year. Um, yeah, this game got leaked around that time as well. And so... Um, to get three houses, oh, well, that's actually over three and a half years ago now. But um, you know, they're getting some good stuff. That was a good Warriors game from from the looks of it. And so, um, well, this one probably doesn't excite me as much as Three Houses because I think this is you know a bit of a, I don't know. I think I think I enjoyed Three Houses for its special like set story, and this is what it is, and um, the different pathways you could take, and I really enjoyed that. Um, this one still looked really good and promising. Probably a bit better visually, maybe slightly, but um, uh. I love that we got a January release because January has typically been dead months in the past. Maybe the last couple of years, not so much, but, uh, you know, um, you know, there's something to play late January to keep us going. So, um, wasn't yeah. January RCS this year? It was this yeah. year. Um, yeah, but, but previously historically, maybe, maybe not so much as a big sort of release, but I think we're sort of seeing, um, a bit of a turnaround in that now. Yeah. It just so much stuff coming to switch. And so they've got to space it out. And so January, <laughs> exactly. And getting something uh, and then uh, February is Octopath Traveler 2, I think. Like it's <laughs> yes, it's crazy. Um, the new Kirby game as well, and so yeah, yeah it's uh, it's 2023, and then obviously Tears yeah, of Kingdom. Like three games May. coming out in the same day: Kirby, Octopath, and I think something else is also something coming else. out the same day. How does that work? But um, yep. Yeah, so 23 will uh will be uh, off and running pretty quickly as well. Um, we touched on this as well briefly, but uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet has sold 10 million copies in. The first three days of its launch. Um, so this is the highest overall global and domestic sales in the first three days ever for a Nintendo game 
console, including the Switch, and so no other game on any Nintendo system has sold this quickly before. Um, there are about 4 million in sales in Japan and 6 million elsewhere, so I believe this has surpassed the uh, Splatoon 3 launch in Japan as well, slightly. And so um, for, for a bit of context, I know uh, three years ago um, there was less Switches, and so obviously probably not going to sell as much, but Sword and Shield only sold 2 million in the first two days. And so... Um, yeah, this is a massive sort of jump. Um, store base is higher, so that definitely feeds in part of it. But maybe there's a lot more hype with open world. And so um, regardless, uh, everything has resulted in everyone buying this game straight away. I look at my friend's list on my Switch and, and, yeah. and everyone is playing everyone. this. Everyone's playing this. And so um, yeah, it's just something special about Pokemon and what it creates. And everyone's just on that bandwagon again now. So, I love it. Is it's it like surprising a, for a you or... Uh, no, it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. I mean, it's the number one multimedia IP in the world. So it would surprise me if it didn't sell well. Now, I know there's a lot of people doing like the videos with like, oh, the refunds and like all this like the clickbait stuff to just do shock and all and try and get like capitalize on it. But in reality, I think a lot of people are having fun. I think we're, I think I think some people are actually buying it to experience it with the glitches to see what kind of weird <laughs> stuff they see, and other people are just like, you know what, it ain't pretty, but it's fun to play. <laughs> fun to play. That's right. That's it. If you squint enough, you don't notice the plus. Uh, the, plus, the they're doing the raids. Like right now, they're doing the Eevee raids. Yes. Um, and then next week is the Charizard, and people who are hardcore, they don't want to miss out on that stuff. Yeah, especially yeah. I uh, I did my first EV one last night. Um, had to traverse and uh, find a new way to get get somewhere, but I got there eventually, and that was good. Um, so I'll try and keep doing that. That's um, yeah, like you said, they're going to create these sort of moments, aren't they, continuously, and 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 the hype is going to continue to be built for it. And so, um, I even got told of a uh, Mickey, uh, my fiance, told me about a a move called Last Resorts that's absolutely broken the competitive scene. Um. And uh, it's, it's the um, Grievard's evolution knows it. And um, the, the, the move earns extra like 50 attack points for each deceased Pokemon in your party. And so if you bring it out last, it adds an extra 250 uh, points to your um, attack. And if oh you Terra Crystallize, whatever it's called, you can double that up to 600 apparently and uh, would absolutely destroy um, any Pokemon. So I'm, I'm waiting to get it, and I'm going to verse my brother competitively because he won't. He won't listen to this, and then um, I'm going to destroy him. And uh, okay, I can't wait for that. So, um, oh my god, love it! Yeah, I didn't know things like that. So um, yeah, we'll keep an eye out for that. But um, uh, last bit of news I had was the Game Award nominees, and so um, Nintendo has done all right this year in terms of a few different nominations. Um, and so I've I've got a list of what Nintendo titles are up for awards. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 was the standout for Nintendo and Monolith Soft this year. Uh, nominated, they're in the category for Game of the Year, Best Score in Music. That's thanks to Yasunori uh, Mitsuda and um, a Best Role Playing Game. Um, Bayonetta 3 is in the mix for Best Action Game. Um, Live Alive nominated for Best Role Playing Game. Um, actually, I think four of the five RPGs were Switch titles, and so it just sort of shows how popular and, and, and great of a system the Switch is for RPGs because you had um, Legends Arceus, Triangle Strategy in that category as well. Um, Best Family, which I feel you should just call it Nintendo um, title because it's just filled with Nintendo titles. you got um, 
Kirby and the Forgotten Land, Mario and Rabbit's Sparks of Hope, Nintendo Switch Sports, and Splatoon 3. Uh, Mario Plus Rabbit's also got nominated for Best Sim Slash Strategy. Uh, Splatoon 3 for Best Multiplayer. And then Tears of the Kingdom, um, they have a category for Most Anticipated, and that's one of the games um, nominated for that next year. So um, they do all right. I think pretty well all their uh, first-party titles got a nomination, except for Mario uh, Strikers. Um, Pokemon. Pokemon. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet didn't. Scarlet and Violet. So I don't know um, if they missed the cutoff. It did not miss the cutoff. Did not? Okay. So it could have, but it didn't. So that's that's a glaring omission there, if... um, if it deserves something, I'm uh, not sure. But um, uh, what do you think um, out of these, If uh, what, what's most likely to win for a oh, Nintendo I mean, title? Tears of the Kingdom most nominated uh, for most anticipated. I think that's, yeah. that's almost a shoe-in. Yeah, I, I would love so. to see Xenoblade 3 take Game of the Year. I think it was. I think it was a better game than Elden okay. Ring. And really? Wow. Absolutely, hands yep. down. And I put 150 hours in Elden Ring. Yeah. Um, I just, Xenoblade is just, it's just a better game. And to me, the what's weird is that Elden Ring got nominated for Best Narrative, and I think Elden Ring has one of the worst narratives in gaming <laughs> history, because you you have to, like, it's so cryptic, just like all the Souls games, it's so cryptic, mm. but Elden Ring even more so. It, if you make people have to Google what's going on, that's not a good narrative. No, because no. You, you're not you're taking them out and xenoblade 3's story brings people to tears they love it so much like just mm. look at reaction videos to the story and it, it, people are just loving the characters loving the story and that didn't get nominated for best narrative to me that's like weird like why why did that not get mm. best narrative over Elden ring um but now i would love to see xenoblade take all three categories i'd love to see uh you know i'd love to see nintendo show up uh, the problem is is sony has the most nominations by far and they've got two games yeah. and it's like favoritism the like like horizon zero dawn has more nominations than any of these games and or uh forbidden west i'm sorry yeah and uh forbidden west it wasn't it was okay it wasn't as good as the first one and and it was like really that many yeah yeah. Like, is something going on under the table, maybe? Because, yeah, yeah well. okay, that makes sense. You know, and mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's glaring when one one game gets so many, and it's like, look, I swept. It's like, did you really deserve it, or did you pay for it? And is this what's going to get the popular views? And that's the sad thing. So... I, I'm happy to see Xenoblade there. I'm, I'm really excited to hear orchestral Xenoblade music because the music is awesome. Uh, I hope Nintendo does well, but I guess we're going to find out uh, next month. Yeah, it's um coming. The results will be on the 8th of December, so that's the same day. It's Mario Kart 8 uh, Booster Course Pass DLC, so it'll be the 9th of December for us in Australia. Um, uh, these are, you know, I, I, I watched In and Out last year's um, Metroid Dread was nominated for this action. And, and won it, um, and they did an orchestral uh, rendition of, of of a Metroid track, and then that was that was spectacular, great to listen to. So, um, it, it's a long it's a long three hour sort of yeah ad. Um, it's an ad. Uh, a bunch of ads with this with a sm- little sprinkle of awards um, throughout, and so 
Um, depends if that's your thing or not, because there's some new announcements every year. And so Nintendo is sometimes done something and you know, Metroid Prime Trilogy every year. Everyone's yeah. thinking about that. And <laughs> or, so, or the Wii U Zelda. Remember that Nintendo said a new Zelda game every year, and yeah. this year there's been none. There's been none this whole year. Where are those Wii U Zelda ports? <laughs> hey, if they yeah, Shadow Shadow Drop would be the only <laughs> feasible thing at this point. Wouldn't Running it? out so, of time. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. That's it. So, um, it, these are good fun. I think yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles Three. I hope it does a few picks up a few things here. Um, uh, best music and score and best role playing game might be the 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 best chance for for that. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's going to win what, Best Family, one of them, I think, surely. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, what I've even noticed a lot of times is, like, for example, Elden Ring is up, I think, for Best Role Playing as well. And, like, yeah. people have said, like, if, if Elden Ring wins that, it could mean that it won't win Game of the Year. But if Z, they say, well, Xenoblade is not going to win Game of the Year, but we'll give it Best Role Playing. Yeah. Um, that way it's like a consolation kind of prize. Yeah. Uh, some people have noticed that pattern. So I guess we'll see. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think. It, it, it won't win both either of them so probably one or the other so um that's not bad that's yeah and so um yeah we'll see what jeff keely brings up to, to entertain us on on the 8th of december not too make far sure away to vote now. you can go to make the sure web page yes yep um stray was another one outside of nintendo that i, I really liked this year and, and that sort of uh, uh i had, had a great time a short fun game that was really great that i played with my partner michaela and just um i hope that does well as well and uh, I mean, it's nominated awards. for game of the year but it's it's like the obligatory indie game that we throw in the game of the year Just like so, last yeah. year it won uh it takes two won it and that was the the indie title mm. so they could Another still win game. but but as good as stray was i don't think it stands a chance against the other four <laughs> No, I, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> yep. No way in hell. Yeah, so I might pick up some other things, but yeah, maybe not the big one. Um, to, to end it off, we're gonna uh, deep dive into weird Nintendo. We talk about a uh, anything weird that goes on into this wacky world that we love so much. And so, and so this episode we're talking about uh, Mother Three because any chance I get to talk about Mother Three is a good thing. Um, people people love this game. People want to know as much as possible. They want that Western release. We're not going to ever get it, but um, the fans will look at things as much as possible. And they've discovered something really weird here. It's um, the source photo for the wood on Mother 3 has apparently been found. And so this is from a Twitter user called Pineapple Carl. Uh, Pineapple Carl 3 is a handle. But um, for those who don't know, the Mother 3 logo, it's... You know, from the Mother series, Earthbound is what the Mother 2 was called in the West. But um, the Mother 3 logo's got uh, the steel letters with wooden um, uh, sort of... It's a wooden metal kind of mix of a logo. And so it's, I think, to re represent uh, the Porky's invasion of the island and how it's um, this natural island with these mechanical aliens coming through to take over. But um, someone has gone through probably stock images and found a piece of wood that's actually been used in the logo. And so actually uh, verified it. Um, the grains look pretty well intact. I would think this is the one. It looks like it is. But uh, here we go. We know a bit more about Mother 3. Barry, was this something you played back in the day or have played uh, since? Uh, I mean, I've, I've played 
I didn't finish it, but I played the translated ROM because it never came yes. out here in the States. Yes. We've been begging. And I was like, no, you know what? The translated ROM is good, but like, I kind of want to hold off for an official release. I've been yep. holding off for a long time. Uh, I think I think the person who discovered this just has way too much time on their hands. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the, I can't, like, what are you going to do today? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to go to job work and I'm going to do all this other stuff. What about you? I'll spend time with my family. What about you? Oh, I've got all these errands to run. What about you? I'm going to look at stock images of tree bark to find the 100%. one that matched the mother three logo. Yeah. Um, yep. Like, like I wish I had the time that this person had. <laughs> and the dedication as well. That's uh, just, yeah. you know, I don't know. Like how long would this take? How many stock images of wood? you've looked through and, and how have they like have they done the whole image over the top of each other to verify i i i have more questions yeah, than yeah i feel like this, this is this person's discovery. lame claim to fame like look this is what i did <laughs> on my tombstone discovered the stock image of wood on mother three logo like it's just such a, a weird thing <laughs> dan you pineapple carl you got me you got me to talk about it so uh, well done to you um there you go. We, we know something extra about Mother 3 that we didn't know before. But um, Barry, thank you so much for coming onto the show and being my guest for this episode. Um, where can people find you if they want to know more about what you do and, and uh, discover what you do? Sure. So you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Hawk Hellfire. Uh, and also on the Hive at Hawk Hellfire. I don't know if that's going to take <laughs> off, but it's there as a backup. So I, I guess I'll mention it. Yeah. Um, you can find Nintendo Fuse at NintendoFuse.com. Uh, and all social media is at NintendoFuse, as well as YouTube.com slash NintendoFuse for our podcast. Uh, every other Monday, we do them live at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So the next one is on December 5th, our Game of the Years. Um, and for the Premium Playcast, you can find that like Nintendo Fuse on all podcast services as well, if you want the audio version, or you could find that as well as all of our premium edition games at premiumeditiongames.com. Like I said, there's four games up for pre-order right now, Eagle Island Twist, Love 3, Raji and Ancient Epic, Enhanced Edition, and They Bleed Pixels. Uh, they are running out, so make sure, of the first prints, so make sure to get those orders in. And we do have some other bonus games or older games that we've released in hand, on the site now, so make sure to get those orders. You can find the Premium Edition on Twitter at Premium Edition 1, and everywhere else, Twitch, Facebook, we're, we're just at Premium Edition Games. Awesome. Do check Barry out and his podcast, and Premium Edition Games as well. That's that such a cool and different way of taking the whole digital, making it physical um, release. Um, I love how it's not limited like some other ones out there. We know the big one you're talking about, but this is, this is a, I think, a cool way to go about it. So check them out. We'll have everything in the show notes as well. Um, for those who don't know, I did an episode the other day with Drew from the House of Mario on the Wii U 10-year anniversary. Um, check that out if you... Um, did we celebrate it? We, we talked about it. Uh, so it's 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 10 years. <laughs> it so we mentioned the good and the bad. There's a lot of bad, but um, there's a little bit of good in our heart for the Wii U. Um, next year... Uh, sorry, next episode is uh, our anniversary of the first year of this show. So we're going to do a little bit of a, bit of a bumper episode. Um, Talking about that, but also uh, reviewing the games of 2022. We've got some awards to give out as well. Um, so be sure to check that out in a couple of weeks. But uh, Barry, thank you again for coming on. Much appreciated. And thank you to everyone else listening. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>